There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Break, break, break. Bulldog 7, this is Blue 1. Troops in contact. Coordinates to follow. Hey there, welcome to Warrior U. Join retired Special Forces Officer Bram Connolly as he explores resilience, mental toughness, high-performing habits and other aspects that are required to develop a warrior mindset. Warrior U, it's the performance edge. Hey everyone, it's Bram Connolly here, retired Special Forces Operator and Officer with over 20 years in the Australian Army. Just before we launch into today's show, I want to tell you a little bit about the Warrior U program that forms the basis of the Warrior U website. The program has been designed to help anyone aspiring to join the Australian Defence Force. There's a tailored fitness program based on simple movements that ensures you get from zero to hero in the time frame that you have available. There's lessons on military skills and culture. Lessons are self-paced and there are quizzes to help reinforce the learning. Some of the topics include weapon types, navigation theory, survival, and there's fieldcraft lessons too, just to name a few. There's also a mental resilience block of training. The main aspect of the program though is the access to mentors who've either held positions within the Defence Force recruiting or recruit or officer instructors and even some Special Forces selection staff. So no matter what you want to do in the ADF, we have a mentor to assist and provide advice. There's a one-off payment of $99 for the complete program. Check out the website on www.warrioru.com.au. That's warrior and the letter U. Now, to introduce today's sponsor and then our guest. A shout out this week to TACMED. If you haven't checked them out yet, jump on their website and have a look. They provide trauma training and specialist equipment to save lives in complex environments. Jeffrey Wu is co-founder and CEO of HVMN, a human performance research company that makes nutrition and supplements for elite performance in sport, cognition, and the military. HVMN makes HVMN Ketone, the world's first ketone ester drink based on technology developed in a DARPA program to enhance soldier performance. HVMN also organizes WeFast, one of the largest online biohacking and intermittent fasting communities. He holds a Bachelor of Science with honours and distinction in computer science from Stanford University. All right, so straight off the bat, what on earth is a ketone? <laughs> uh, ketones. Um, a lot of ways to slice that kind of question, but I think if, if to keep it simple, uh, ketones evolved as a backup fuel for the brain and body when the body runs out of carbohydrates. So ketones, a backup fuel for the brain and body 
under the context where there's a, a restriction of carbohydrates. Right. Uh, so that's from a, you know, from a physiological explanation standpoint, but from a metabolism perspective, ketones are really energy efficient fuel for the brain and body. Hmm. So we all know of different types of foods. We call them, uh, we kind of categorize them in terms of macronutrients. So there are three main macronutrients we all know about fats, proteins, carbohydrate, Got it. right? Every single food that we eat is some combination of those three macronutrients. Hmm. And what ketones really are, are a fourth macronutrient. So they have a very different metabolic profile than fat, protein, carbohydrate. Uh, and in nature, when you run out of carbohydrate, your body converts fat into ketones. Right. Uh, but with our technology with the ketone ester, you can finally now consume ketones directly for the first time. Right. Okay. That's pretty simple, really. Well, I mean, it's yeah, complex, I mean, I think, <laughs> but it's simple. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I think when people talk about ketones, the, the, the main thrust of what, what people are talking about, right. this interesting alternate fuel source that your body produces in a starvation mode, uh, but it's actually really, really efficient fuel. And so when people are talking about going on the ketogenic diet, what they're, what they're doing is probably spending one or two days calorie deficit. I think it's less than 40 calories or something a day and um and trying to elicit that physiological response where their body starts to turn their fat into fuel right um and so to be more precise there so usually you're restricting carbohydrates not necessarily calories Mm. so you don't actually need to be calorically restricted you can just shift your consumption of calories completely to fat Mm. so when people talk about a ketogenic diet which is very popular these days they're referencing uh, 80% of their calories from fat, uh, you know, mild amount of protein and as low amount of carbohydrate as possible. And we're not talking about, we're not talking about like the fat on the, on the, on the end of, you know, the lamb chop, are we? We're talking about, you know, we're talking about trying to consume fat. We're talking about adding butter to everything. We're talking about cheeses, avocados, um, fatty ribeyes, um, so when people are eating a proper ketogenic diet, it's actually quite difficult. It's basically heaven. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 a fun for a meal or two, but try doing that for you know months on end or mm. six weeks straight, and mm. then it's you start missing carbs. Mm. Um, I think actually, if you look at modern society and modern diets, people are pretty carb dependent. Most of our calories come from carbohydrate, right? That's your breads, pastas, uh, ice cream has a lot of sugar, right? Like these taste really good. Um, so there's an interesting, I think when people talk about ketosis and keto and ketones, there's really two main areas that people talk about. One is from a performance perspective, can ketosis and ketones boost physical and cognitive performance? And obviously there's a big context in terms of discussing weight management and weight loss, body composition Mm. and health. Mm. Um, And I think when we're looking at modern society and the, and the ills of modern society, a lot of the disease of diabetes, obesity, Alzheimer's, these all have root causes within potentially with insulin resistance, which comes from too much carbohydrate consumption. Mm. Yeah. And when you're talking about that, you know, it's all the way down to the, the, you know, sugars and, those simple, those real simple sort of carbohydrates, I guess, corn syrup and, you know, white processed everything. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
So I think obviously nutrition is a very contentious topic. I think if you look on Twitter, you follow nutrition Twitter, people are just arguing about, you know, what is a perfect diet. And I would say that regardless of all those camps, I would say that everyone would agree that refined sugars are not great for people. Right. There's too much refined carbohydrate, refined sugars that people are consuming. So I think that is consensus. And then people would have debates around keto or low carb or mixed diet or vegan and vegetarian and all of that. Or carnivore is a recent uh, a fun topic that a lot of people in performance and nutrition are talking about. Right. Uh, people just eating meat. But this this product that I'm holding up here, this is not necessarily just a diet supplement, is it? In fact, not at all. No, uh, about it as uh, a fourth mac. It's sort of a fourth macronutrient. Right. So when people eat a ketogenic diet, they're essentially forcing the body to consume a lot of fat and cut out all the carbohydrates to force their body to produce ketones naturally. Yeah. Which is a reasonable and good process, right? Like there is benefit of restricting carbohydrate and that conversion process of fat to ketones. But what if you could just bypass all that work? Mm. What if you could eat a normal diet and just eat your ketones directly? Mm. And that bottle that you held in your hand uh, does that. Yeah. And that came out of a 2003 DARPA program called metabolic dominance to create fuels to enhance U.S. soldier performance and soldier resiliency. Explain for the, um, for the Australian listeners, explain DARPA. DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. It's the military crazy projects arm of the U.S. Department of Defense. Mm. Um, so DARPA was behind the internet. Uh, it was used, the internet used to be called the ARPANET. Mm. Uh, so some of these interesting uh, innovations that we see today came from DARPA programs. So the internet came from a DARPA program. The Thomas vehicle came from a DARPA challenge where DARPA had a challenge to create cars that could drive itself. And obviously today in San Francisco where we're based, you see autonomous vehicles being tested on the streets. And one of the programs in early 2000s was about enhancing metabolism. Could we create a fuel that could fuel soldiers uh, on three to five day missions without calories, can we still maintain peak physical and cognitive performance? Mm. And that was a question. And one of the interesting insights from our research partners at the University of Oxford and NIH was realizing that ketones were a really, really efficient uh, source of energy. Yeah. So there was an interesting observation in the 50s where they collected some sperm cells and they fed these sperm cells either sugar, fat, amino acids, or ketones. Mm. And the sperm cells swimming in ketones were actually the most energetic. So uh, even that interesting observation sparked off a lot of interest in looking at ketones as a metabolic fuel. Mm. Um, and then I think as you back trace the science, people realize, okay, ketones are a really efficient fuel, but it's very hard for your body to produce ketones naturally, right? You have to be in a carb-restricted state. You have to be either fasted or eating ketogenic diet, which is not necessarily practical. And you're also losing the benefits of having carbs in your system. But mm. right? I think in the world of keto, it's oftentimes you just overlook the benefits of actually having sugar. Like sugar is a really, really powerful source of energy. Um, so people are kind of making those trade-offs now. Okay, you can have carbs in your system or you can have ketones in your system. 
And the end result from the DARPA program is you realizing that you could really have both in your system at the same time through a ketone ester. So DARPA gave a $10 million contract to uh, the PIs, uh, Professor Karen Clark at Oxford and Dr. Richard Beach at the NIH to start synthesizing these exogenous ketone compounds. And the best performing compound is beta-hydroxybutyrate monoester with butane dial, which is now in your hand. Yeah. And that drink used to cost $25,000. No way. Program. That's so awesome. what is in your hand now it used to cost 25K. And Jesus, uh, I am not, early I'm not drinking this. Humans results were insane. Yeah. Uh, or we're just pretty astounding. So rats were running on a treadmill 33% longer and rats were solving mazes 30% faster than control or standard Western diet. And that obviously was quite compelling to start moving to human studies. And in 2016, some of the, a lot of the human studies were being published in peer review. So an elite British cyclists, uh, cyclists were going 400 meters further in a 30 minute time trial, around three, two, three percent further than control. Wow. And rowers were going again, another two, three percent further than control. Um, and we acquired, so HBMN, the company that I, I, I currently run, acquired the exclusive license on the IP from the Dartrock program. And we work, we work very closely with uh, Professor Clark at Oxford to, scale up production and commercialize the technology. So in the last couple of years, FDA approved the specific molecule as a food component. Wow. So from a regulatory and safety perspective, uh, we crossed that hurdle. And then we also lowered the cost of production. Uh, you, with the rise of synthetic biology, you can have genetically engineered E. coli ferment sugar into the precursors of our ketone ester. Wow. That allowed us to bring the cost down a couple orders of magnitude. Right. So it's still somewhat expensive today. It's around three dollars a drink now, uh, <laughs> but it's still a far cry from twenty-five k a drink. So it's, it's about thirty dollars for one of these. Yeah. US. Yeah. Yeah, that's still <laughs> yeah, it, um, which is still expensive. I mean, um, but, so yeah. we've been on the market for about six months now, and a lot of our customers are professional athletes mm -hmm. and then folks from. Uh, the, the military community that mm. you know you, you speak towards, mm. um, and and that's been personally just a very fun experience for me because um, you know I grew up in Palos Verdes, which is a suburb of Los Angeles, mm. and then went to school at Stanford. And I just didn't know anyone in the military. I had no personal connection with anyone in the military. Mm. And I think being in the United States, you would kind of like know that the military is you know something that a lot of people respect. Which, 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 of course, I do, but it was just wasn't personal when people had like Memorial Day and Veterans Day. It, mm. it seemed much more personal to them. And now, after working with the military over the last couple of years, but especially close to you over the last six nine months, it's been uh, it's been cool to work with people that uh, I think have such strive for the mission mm. of for, that that patriotism, something that's inspiring and. I think it just helps me understand America better too. Yeah. So yeah, I 100% agree. And I mean, when I first started making friends with American USSF guys, I, I started to realize just how seriously they take that patriotism, which is, um, you know, I think that in Australia, we're, we're, we're patriotic, um, not nationalistic to a fault, but perhaps we're, we're, we're becoming more patriotic, I think. Um, yeah. Interestingly, on one of my... Uh, 
one of the tours I did of Afghanistan, I started to experiment with just so almonds and cashews and, and the like that I could take in a bag and I would try and live on that instead of rations, um, which That's I great. guess in, in some way is sort of like biohacking yourself and, and turning your, which I've uh, subsequently found recently, I've got plenty of, you know, the old body fat into, into fuel. Um, yep. and, I, and I do operate quite well at the, at the end of like, especially on something like a, um, you know, a, an Ironman, a half Ironman or an Olympic triathlon towards the later ends of the, the race, I start to come into my own a little bit more because I'm, um, I'm able to tap into that fuel source. And I've, and I think that's one of those things of having a 20 year career in the military where you, um, quite often ration your food out over a long period of time and then you gorge and you gorge and you put on body fat and then you ration it out again because you go on operations and then you come back in and you gorge and i have to admit when i when i took the hvm in for the first time it was just prior to a public speaking engagement and i can honestly say you know that wasn't i did feel like i was a lot more engaged and i was a lot a lot faster on my feet than what I would have been. Yeah. Having said that, about two hours after the engagement, coming down off of it, I was like all <laughs> shaky and just wanted to eat. But I'm yeah. And I uh, another one of the bottles when I was uh, had a little bit of writer's block actually while I was writing my latest book, and so I had a bit of a rest, drank one of these, went for a little jog, came back, sat in front of the computer, and then it just started to flow out of me. Um, you know, the words on the paper became a lot more clearer than what they have in the past. So, so yeah, so I would be, I would definitely be a convert and I could see how this could be mission specific to USSF, Navy SEALs, you know, Delta Force and the like, um, Australian Commandos, SASR, anyone with long range sort of 72 hour operations where you're not, where you don't want to be carrying extra weight or the, all the embuggerants of having to open a bloody bottle of something or, or open a, open a packet and heat it up. You could just slam one of these down and keep going. Yeah. I think the cognitive effect is interesting that you bring up because the physical endurance benefits are more articulated and, and, and more public, but that's something that we're actively looking at with the DOD for. And, um, you know, there's some, work coming down the pipeline that we've done showing that the keto nester actually improves cognitive performance in extreme conditions. Um, mm. so it's, it, so, so obviously usually in scientific experiments, you want to test these interventions in more, in more extreme environments to tease out the signal. And it's not surprising that in everyday use, one of the popular use cases is actually as like a little boost for, cognition and verbal fluency yeah um so it's it sounds a little bit fuzzier than okay i'm allowing someone to run three percent further uh but but that data is actually you can pick that up it's tangible yeah for sure i mean i would i would see a future of this with in corporations crisis management packs if they have if they have an event that happens and they then have to sit around the the table and and go through complex stuff that isn't normal day-to-day activity so they've got to solve problems they might take one of these at the start each so they you know just to give themselves that extra i don't know five ten fifteen percent brain power yeah yeah Um, i think the brain power is interesting so the science there is that Sugar is usually the primary fuel for the brain because sugar, glucose, is a small molecule across the blood-brain barrier. Uh, fat, for example, is a very big molecule that does not cross the blood-brain barrier. So typically, people consider that sugar is the main fuel for the brain. 
but ketones and ketosis really evolved as a fuel for the brain because if you look at our bodies we have a limited store of sugar in the form of glycogen in our liver we have a ton of fat on our bodies so i think when you're doing your when, when you're on long-range deployment and you're only eating almonds and you start getting that second wind you're probably very keto adapted meaning that your body is very equipped to start to when you run out of glycogen convert fat into ketones mm. and then when that ketone production kicks in ketones are a small molecule and, and they, they do cross the blood brain barrier so in in the 60s at harvard medical school when there was it was still ethical to starve people for 40 days for science they would actually starve these people for 40 days and measure their ketone levels and, and measure their brain function and the brain as you can anticipate was primarily fueled on ketones and people are just as sharp and as, as alert as uh as 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 as, as a normal state which is kind of surprising if they're not eating for 40 days that is so interesting it's essentially like a hardcore way of just yeah. kick-starting someone into ketosis yeah because i've been i've had uh, the deprivation phase with the survival course in special forces so i've had you know no food for for in excess of five days with a heavy workload for the first three that final couple of days on that deprivation phase is very very foggy and very difficult to make a decision and all you're thinking about is the menu that you would design if you owned a michelin star restaurant you know um, food becomes your your driving force everything that you you know the only thing you can think of is food and that's why like papillion would be eating you know cockroaches and and the like well, in, you know in his cell you know because by the time you've had 30 or 40 days of starvation you will eat anything that looks like a food source but i assume that when you then take this it, it would become more pronounced if you haven't been eating carbohydrates and you've already been turning fat to fuel to keep the brain functioning if you then were to take the hvmn ketone ester i would assume that that would almost be an immediate you know impact yeah yeah, absolutely. So it, it gets uptaken into your blood very, very quickly. Mm. And I think that's actually one of the funnest demos. So I don't know if you have a finger prick kit, but you can, for diabetics, they test their blood sugar all the time. Yeah. You can also test your blood ketones all the time. Lactate as well, right? You can check your lactate. Yeah, you can check lactate. Yeah. Exactly. So the interesting thing. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we can talk about how a ketone ester acutely affects glucose, ketones, and lactate is that when you drink the ketone ester in 30 minutes, your blood will look like you've been fasting for 10, 10, for 10 days. No way. It will look like you're very, very keto adapted. And, and you can see that in 30 minutes. And it's like a very cool demo. And then your blood sugar actually drops because your body does not need to produce it, you not need to release a sugar load. So I think there's an interesting case where maybe that crash happens when the glucose or the ketones get, gets run out and then your glucose doesn't kick back in yet. Mm. So I think that we've seen that happen a few times. But the thing that's interesting about lactate is that lactic acid is typically the 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 thing that your muscles produce when it's fatigued, right? Like that's what people sort of criticize or demonize as something that your muscles are sore because you produce too much lactate, you gotta clear the lactate. Well, no, it's a fuel. So 
it, 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 so it's one, it's the fuel. Mm. And then two, the, the thing that people are trying to clear is that the acid ion that's part of lactate. So the story is a little bit more nuanced. So the interesting thing with ketone ester, and this has been shown in our cycling study, was that when you pair ketone ester on that ride, you produce 50% less lactate. Wow. So that, also, that, that ends up turning into quicker recovery and less clearing of lactic acid later down the line. And glucose is the fuel that converts into lactate. So you actually preserve or spare your glycogen. So I think the way I described how this works is that we have a limited store of glucose. Think of ketones as adding, you know, two to four hours of additional fuel in front of your limited glucose stores. Mm. That's like one way to think about how ketone esters work. And the second part of how ketone esters work is that think of sugar as like gasoline for your engine. And then think of fat burning or ketones as electric car engine. And there's different trade-offs and different torques for each of these types of engines. Uh, when you have ketone esters with sugar at the same time, you basically have your hybrid car. You're, you're both running with electric and gas on at the same time. Mm. And that's kind of like the way I kind of sort of sort of explain by analogy of how this works in your body. Um, and I think one interesting, just like biological factoid is that uh, ketones are 28% more efficient than glucose per unit oxygen. So it's just a very efficient fuel, as I said before. And is it, is it transported? Uh, I'm going to show you my sort of ignorance here. Is it transported by mitochondria? Uh, it's metabolized by mitochondria. Yes. So right. mitochondria is the power plant of the cell, right? So these are the little things, uh, organelles in, in the cell that produce ATP. So if you've heard of ATP, that's the, the, the unit of power mm -hmm. that fuels all cellular activity. Uh, so yes, glucose can fuel the mitochondria. Fat can fuel the mitochondria. People don't really talk about protein as a fuel because if you're metabolizing protein, that means you're metabolizing muscle. That means you're really screwed. Right? You don't want to be burning lean muscle tissue as a fuel. Uh, but, but so people usually put that aside because that amino acid converts into sugar anyway. So it's sugar, fat, and ketones. Right. Ketones is another fuel that can fuel the mitochondria. Mm. And the interesting thing about that is that ketones are the most efficient fuel for the mitochondria. So you produce less reactive oxygen species or less free radicals when you burn ketones versus burning fat or sugar. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And when's it going to be available in Australia? Yeah, working on it. I mean, I think we're, we've been actually looking at international markets. So uh, part of uh, taking it through U.S. first was that DARPA required us to take it through FDA as a food. Mm. Uh, and we're starting to look at... Uh, the different regulatory uh, regime, re regimens for different countries. And mm. I think Australia is definitely high on our list in the sense that I feel like Australia is pretty biohackery. Mm. Um, there's quite a bit of interest in terms of people tinkering with their biology and all of that. So mm. it's a big market. It, it's a market the yeah. size of, I guess, our population is about the size of California, but um, it's a very high take up of you know, new technologies and especially yeah. dieting and training. And there, there is a, there is an, an elite sort of sporting culture, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that at the moment, the ketone diet, for instance, is, is something that people talk about a lot, you know, and they, 
they sort of make parallels between the old Atkins sort of diet, which wasn't explained very well, and then what the, the ketone diet is, which is a, you know, a version, not really a version of that, but it's definitely got its foundations. Um, yeah. And then something, yeah, it's something like this would be, you know, one of those things that, should you take this all the time while you're training, or is this specifically for, okay, I've got a big event, and I've trained with it once or twice, but this is this is now for the big event. It depends on what your your use case is. So, I would say if I had infinite ketone ester, and I know price is still an issue for us now, I would train with it most of the time. But I would also uh, uh, metabolically stress myself as well, right? Mm. So I think within elite athletes, people train fully fueled, but they also train fasting. Mm. Right. And I think you want to train your body in positions of stress. So, oh, so if I'm trying to really get elite performance out of myself, I would train most of the time fully fueled with ketone ester, but I would have cycles of periods where I'm training fully fasted. Mm. That's just stressing my body to just really be metabolically flexible. Mm. And that kind of training is quite common in an elite endurance sport when you are tapping into your fuel reserves and you want to just upregulate a lot of the enzymes and processes that convert fat into ketones mm. um but yes i mean i would say that people that eat keto tend to feel the ketone ester more mm. in the sense that when people are more fat adapted you have more of these transporters that take ketones into the cell mm. and we, we found sort of subjectively that when people are eating a ketogenic diet you feel like almost a little bit high mm. when you're when you drink uh atrium and ketone but all the literature in terms of performing and improving performance that's all done acutely without change of diet so people are taking are eating a standard western diet and then taking ketone ester before their event and they're just you know mm. getting prs or breaking records mm. um and then that's what our uh italian cyclist uh atrium and athlete did um Vittoria Busi broke the UCI hour record in September of this year where she was she rode the furthest in an hour ever on a bike so she covered a little bit over 40 kilometers in an hour in a velodrome I'm gonna have a go at my 5k time with a bottle of it see what happens yeah I might drop yeah. dead yeah yeah, I'm sure, yeah. We'll, we'll see I mean what's your PR there uh oh god I mean the, the thing is you're only as good as your last performance I mean, I'm a, I was a, you know, I was a um, 16, 17 year old sub 17, 16 minute 5k runner, but I wouldn't have been on the good side of 20 minutes for two decades now. <laughs> um, so we'll yeah, see. No, you know, 20, 15 minutes for a 5k speedy. Anything under 25, I'll take. <laughs> so the the company itself, it's it's a little it's a little company, isn't it? In well, little-ish, in San Francisco? Yes, we're based in San Francisco. We were founded in 2014. Um, we have 15 employees. We're backed by a little bit over $7 million in venture capital. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. And you're, you have contracts with Department of Defense now, or Defense Department, as you call it? Uh, yes. Um, so it's... Uh, yeah, so I think there's a couple ways that this feels interesting for military applications. One, there's obviously the, the endurance and performance aspect of ketones. There's a cognitive performance aspect of ketones. But what we're really excited about and what we're investigating now is 
the use case of ketones as a prophylactic for traumatic brain injury and concussion. Wow. And obviously, in a military use case, uh, those are one of the you know biggest things that you guys see all the time on the on the battlefield. So it's a great you know great community that we want to double down and keep supporting. Wow. So so not only that, you're also talking about high dependency um, patients that are in that would that could be in intensive care. Their diet could be supplemented with this ketone ester. Yes. So the the interesting thing with TBIs, and I can talk about the biology here, is that when someone takes a traumatic brain injury or a concussion, there's a hypometabolism of glucose because glucose is a very inflammatory molecule. Basically, metabolism shuts down where there's not a lot of glucose or sugar being brought into the brain. And in effect, for the next three to five days, there's like the, the brain cells are not be, actually being able to be fueled, even though they're damaged. So in that sensitive period, there is not a lot of fueling or recovery in, in that in, in that in that damaged spot. But if ketones, which do not uh, require insulin, they cross the blood brain barrier and don't go through the glucose pathway, can you recover and rescue the surrounding damaged tissue without having to go through glucose? Um, and that's been shown in animal studies where rats, where you can, where you can, you know, control a TBI on them. Um, rats on ketones have a lot smaller lesions in their brains compared to rats on placebo. Wow. And we'd hope that that can replicate into humans, which would be huge in terms of all the folks that are taking neurological damage on the, on the battlefield. Yeah, that's really interesting. And what about, obviously, there's a, there's a lot of studies around cancer and cancer cells and creating an um, alkaline state for the, the body. Am I, am I going yeah. down a path that you don't want to talk about yet with regards to ketones? And its no, no, no. Utility? I mean, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, we're, not, we're not trying to make medical claims and, and all of that. But I think the biology is, is, is there in the sense that a lot of types of cancers are very, very glycolytic. They only use glucose, again, sugar as a fuel. And the whole theory behind what, you know, Thomas Seafried at BU talks about this a lot. The metabolic theory of cancer is that if you starve cancer tumor cells of glucose and have a high level of ketones in the system, which healthy cells can use as fuel and cancer cells cannot use, could that be beneficial for cancer patients? Just makes sense. So I think people in the community have used ketogenic diets and exogenous ketones as a way to, as an adjunct, if you will, a nutritional adjunct to standard care. So hopefully there will be more work done in space. But basically, I think when we talk about ketones, I think there's so many different applications here that people are sometimes like, you know, why does this do everything? Like this sounds kind of too ridiculous. And I think I want to remind people that if you can shift metabolism, which at its core is so fundamental to all these different processes, then it kind of makes sense that you could have such downstream, you know, big downstream impact across a number of different indications. So uh, the way we think about the technology at HVMN is that the most robust and strongest data is around physical endurance applications. And we're starting to see more and more results showing the efficacy for cognitive performance enhancements. And further down the line, we're interested in more and more medical use cases, but yeah. we want to be obviously just true to the science and the data. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, but I think we're, we're dearly hopeful that we could make some impact on some of these uh, you know, the, the disease states. I think one other thing that we're excited about is uh, diabetes. Like what is diabetes? It's just high blood sugar. 
And again, one of the interesting acute effects of ketone esters is that this suppresses blood sugar by 15%. So if you can reverse that blood sugar mm. elevation, that's interesting. So again, interesting smoke here, but we still got to do the work to actually prove it out in yeah. a proper RCT. Yeah. I, I see from the sporting application, you know, I see this being as prolific in the future as coffee before an event and a gel while you're while you're halfway through it. You know, instead of the gel, perhaps you're taking another one of these. I don't know, yeah. or maybe you're taking this in a gel form. Um, who knows where you're going to go with that in the future? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the science behind it is compelling, and you know, if we'd have had these. Um, for missions, I could I could see that in special forces in particular that this would be a, a great you know five of these over three days as opposed you know which is probably carrying about three hundred grams, um, and I mean you don't you know hunger seems to be suppressed anyway when you start to get ketogenic because obviously yeah. your body's using its own fat as fuel, so if you're able to then power this into your brain, which is what we're you know, ultimately saying and then so then now you've got the cognitive ability and the physical ability without carrying all the food um yeah no yeah. And i think that's actually spot on and i think the appetite suppression is actually interesting that you brought it up so our research lead uh dr brianna actually published a paper last october showing that the ketone ester there suppresses ghrelin which is the appetite hormone so mm. there's actually a physiological hormonal effect that mm. that sort of dictates the appetite mm. suppression that people feel obviously or even keto master obviously for me to you know to truly understand it, i'm going to need a year supply but um <laughs> no i think it's incredible i think it's really good and i think that when when you when you come to the market here jeffrey i think it's going to it's it's definitely going to take off where can people reach out to you and ask you questions about the product yeah so i'm on social uh our company handles are you know, at HVMN, HVMN on all the channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you want to reach out to me personally, I'm pretty active on social as well. Mm. Uh, Jeffrey Wu, G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y-W-O-O. And you I also host a podcast myself, HVMN Podcast. Yeah. So we get a bunch of interesting folks talking about human performance as well. Yeah, I've listened to it. It's good. Um, <laughs> Thank you. The, I wanted to, yeah, actually wanted to talk to you about the, um, the double Paralympic cycling champion. And the multiple world paracycling champion, um, Joe Metel Metelka. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think it's just like how uh, there's definitely some kind of mental toughness and resiliency there. Already, cycling is like a pain cave sport. Yeah. Right. So I'm almost just wondering, you know, the challenges and struggles he's had to overcome mm. being a amputee. Mm. Uh, I wonder if that almost has helped him be a better cyclist in some way. It's mm. sort of turn a and a cloud into a silver lining but yeah i mean yeah it's right I, I, I think that's one of the another cool part you know we get to work with some just really inspiring athletes like vittoria Bahusi, who broke the world record mm. for the hour yeah it's um, an, that's incredible a lot of folks from combat sports is it's a bit interesting for after you know use in mma and, and boxing mm. um but yeah i think the biggest segment for us currently is in the cycling world because it's so quantitative and so aggressive in terms of endurance but uh, um, we're also getting uptake in soccer mm. uh, uh, american football uh, basketball as well so 
I mean, my dream is that, yes, I think we should be at the same level of use as a caffeine yeah. or a carbohydrate drink, right? Like that's pretty standard in terms of sports performance. And I think that ketones in the next three to five years will be at that same level. But I don't want that to just be the limited, limited market for ketones in the sense that we really think that the, the dream for me, would, can we just create a fourth macronutrient food group that could five to 10% of everyone's calories come from ketones, some and form of ketones. Which you have the IP on. Yeah, but I imagine that it will be more and more variations and molecules yeah. that people are looking at. Right. But I think we'd love to be a big part of oh, that, that education process. That's, that's an incredible business, really. Does this, if you add this to, um, if you don't take this straight and you add this to your water bottle for triathlon, will, will it still work? Yeah, it still works. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a very stable molecule. Um, people actually do mix it up. So um, we, so yeah, so like I think it's so as you probably know, it tastes pretty crazy. It tastes kind of bitter. Well, it tastes so not. It, it tastes some, like something. Now I think it might be. There's a little bit of stevia or something. There's something sweet to cover the yeah, taste. Yeah, there's some stevia to mask. Yeah, yeah there's, there's something some to mask stevia, it. But it reminds me of this stuff that I used to take in the battalion when I was first in the infantry battalion back in the early 1990s, it was all a rage and it was in a metal can um, and it was called Tribulus. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Huh. That, that. Yeah, so it was a, it was, it was a plant-based thing, but it was, a, it, was, it was meant to help transport blooming, you know, protein molecules and creatine and, and make, mm. make you bigger. It didn't in my case. But um, yeah, but it tasted terrible. Um, but this doesn't taste as bad as that. It's, I mean, and it's okay, only 25 good. mils, I think, isn't it? So it's pretty easy to slam one down and sort of, you know, commando up, take it and crack yeah. on. Yeah. No, I think they're good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take one today, go for a run. Cool. Yeah. Got, Let me know how they, they uh, go. So like in terms of stability, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like boil this thing. Like, yeah. don't make a soup out of Kiko Nester. <laughs> um, but everything else, it's solid. It, yeah. It, it, mix it with... Uh, glucose. I've, I've mixed it with uh, some teas, some coffee. I don't know. People on my team have mixed it with milk. I don't know if that that sounds kind of weird to me. Um, the ketone latte. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you do you guys sit around and go right? Let's do some. Let's do a workshop. Grab out your ketones, slam these down, and then come up with some crazy you, ideas. A little bit, yeah. So I think, yeah. So like, we'll take like half a bottle, sip on a bottle as we just brainstorm. Um, That's cool. I think some people have been, you know, messing around with uh, having a beer with ketone ester, and I think it's been feedback's been weird for some people. Kind of feel euphoric off of it. So some more testing to be done there in terms of brainstorming around with how you can mix and That's stack awesome. this thing. Yeah. Hey Jeffrey Wu, I want to thank you very much for. I know you're super busy being the you know part owner and the CEO of HVMN. You know, I think that you're onto a massive winner. I really appreciate you sending me out the sample to try. Um, and I, and I've got to say, I, I generally try things with, you know, an open mind and 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 you know I can't be bought. Um, this stuff's awesome. I really like it. It's good, and I can't wait Thanks till it so comes much, to man. Australia. Yeah, and I do think that I think in particular. Because my passion's there, the special forces community, um, the infantry community, you know, the guys in the battalions, you know, when they start to get hold of this stuff, this is a ration pack game changer. The rations is the way we see them now with all those big, you know, doughy products that um, sit heavy on you and and make your judgment cloudy. You know, if you're now if you're now taking a couple of 
a couple of protein bars, two of these a day, you know, and then a whole heap of uh, water and the like, I think that you're going to be a lot more effective on the battlefield. So this, this stuff's a game changer in my mind. Yeah, thanks so much. Hope, yeah, we'd love to continue to support the mission. Hmm. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Go and get on with your day. Hey, cheers. Make some make yeah. some awesome stuff. Love to, if you ever make it out to San Francisco, drop me a line. We'll hook we'll you out here. Obstacle racing is all the rage across the world. And here in Australia, we are sport for quality. If you want to test your physical and mental toughness, then get outside and compete in True Grit. It's a military-inspired obstacle course. I know it's legit because I served in Special Forces with a co-founder and managing director, Adam McNamee. And to celebrate our bromance, the good dudes at True Grit have created a discount code for listeners of this podcast. Use the code WARRIORU2019 that's Warrior U2019 for 10% off every one of the 2019 events. And hopefully, I'll see you there wearing one of my Warrior U t-shirts. Catch you, gang. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.